What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to go through my five must buy and sell trade targets. We're going to talk about three buys up top, two sells on the back half. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into it. If you enjoy, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm now, before we get into my first must-buy candidate for today, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I have my rest of season rankings fresh off the press there, my top 25 quarterbacks, top 25 tight ends, top 50 running backs, wide receivers, all of that good stuff. So you guys can watch this video and then apply it in actual trades using players that I would prefer in real time. Now, when we talk about our first buy target today, we're going to be looking at Elijah Moore. And he's somebody I hyped up a ton in the offseason, and it hasn't manifested. He sits as the wide receiver 59 on the season after you likely drafted him as your wide receiver 3, your wide receiver 4, somebody that you wanted to have in your lineup out the gates. Now, I think that a lot of Elijah Moore managers out there are probably pretty tilted. They're ready to drop him by now. I have some optimism, though. I think at this point, it's clear. Jersey just came in. Garrett Wilson. He is that guy. He's the wide receiver one on this team. He's the most talented wide receiver on this team. And I completely acknowledge that. I keep hearing this when I talk about Elijah Moore. They're like, the wide receiver one is Garrett Wilson. Okay. But Elijah Moore is still extremely good. And I think that he can be in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three range moving forward, which again is what you drafted him to be. Now, Jacob Sanderson, a friend of the channel, I think that he brings up a really good point in the Elijah Moore versus Garrett Wilson discussion where Elijah Moore was working all offseason in training camp with Zach Wilson, with the ones. And then Garrett Wilson was with the twos, working in with Joe Flacco. So Flacco already had this rapport from training camp from the summer with Garrett Wilson that sort of just transferred from the summer through Joe Flacco's first three starts here where he had a guy that he knew was a stud and was his go-to option all summer long. Now you have to remember when Zach Wilson comes in, he is slated to play this week. He doesn't really have any rapport with Garrett Wilson. As great as Garrett Wilson has been, on the depth chart in the offseason, he was the wide receiver four, wide receiver five. He was 100% working with the second team. So Zach Wilson only has so many reps with Garrett Wilson, but somebody that he is much more familiar with would be Elijah Moore. And I think that that will lead to more targets than Elijah Moore's 14.9% target share he has right now. Last season, he had an 18.6% target share on only a 72% route participation. And that was as a rookie. Now he's seeing more routes. So he went from a 72% route participation to a 94.8%. He is now the starting wide receiver one in terms of the depth chart on this team. As good as Garrett Wilson is, if Robert Sala, LaFleur made a depth chart of the wide receivers, Elijah Moore would be number one just based on how many routes he's running. Now, a rookie wide receiver who is running more routes should increase their target share. We know rookies from year one to year two, they increase their target share, they increase their routes run. Elijah Moore increases routes run, but he went from an 18.6% target share last year as a part-time rookie to a 14.9% target share here as the full-time wide receiver one. I refuse to believe that that will keep on moving forward, and I refuse to believe that that is because of Garrett Wilson. Now, Garrett Wilson has been amazing. He is very good, but he's only commanding a 21% target share right now. A 21% target share is not enough to silence Elijah Moore to a 15% target share after being on track for that, you know, 22, 23, 24% area 
that we thought he was on track to be at. So again, if we know wide receivers improve from the rookie year to their second year, and then Elijah Moore is running 20% more routes than he did as a rookie, it makes almost no sense for his target share, his production, his fantasy points to decrease in year two. So with Zach Wilson coming back, I wanted to see how Zach Wilson would affect Elijah Moore's target per out run numbers. So I went back and I looked at Elijah Moore's target per out run numbers with Joe Flacco this season in those three games and then what his target per out run looks like with Zach Wilson last season. And this tweet shows it week by week, but on average, Elijah Moore was at a 15% target per out run with 22 targets on 147 routes ran. With Zach Wilson last year, he was at a 25.8% target per out run, 40 targets on 155 routes. That is massive. That's almost double the amount of targets on a similar pie of routes. Now, as good as Garrett Wilson is, I do think that Elijah Moore having more routes right now, he's getting a starter's portion of routes, and then he's also heading into year two where he should improve. I do believe as good as Garrett Wilson is, that should cancel out a little bit here where Elijah Moore has some things pulling in his direction while Garrett Wilson is also pulling in the opposite direction. I think they both kind of cancel each other out here and we should be looking at a 25%, 22%, somewhere in the 20 to 25% range for his targets per out run, 15% just based on what we know there's no way that'll sustain. So with Elijah Moore, I think a bounce back is coming here soon now that he has his quarterback back, especially after his most promising week yet where he had a 20% plus target per out run rate. And then he also had 186 air yards. That meant that he was getting targeted downfield. He had a lot of passes that didn't go his way because he only ended up with 49 yards. Better days are ahead. I refuse to believe again that he is not a talented wide receiver. Now, does he have wide receiver one upside? No, but can he be in that DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper, Devonta Smith area in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three range, a guy that you can start in your flex all the time? I think so. So if anybody is out there is panicking and selling him for pennies, about to drop him, and you can swoop in with a Alan Lazard, Melvin Gordon, Jahan Dotson, Naeem Hines, maybe you have an extra tight end off the bench like a Dalton Schultz or a Zach Ertz, something like that where you can buy him for super cheap. I'm very interested in a move like that. Then we have Alvin Kamara, and I can't imagine a manager who spent a top 15 pick on Alvin Kamara is in great shape right now. They're probably spiraling. They've probably lost two to three games on the season, and they're probably frustrated because Alvin Kamara has played now two out of three games. He's missed one of the games, and he's had less than 15 total fantasy points on the entire season. That's not good, but on the bright side, and what we kind of do with these buy low candidates is the usage looked really good, and it was a lot better than what he had in week one, where week one he had just 13 touches, he had under that elite 60% route participation that we're looking for, that we want from these pass-catching running backs, and he takes a week off from injury, he comes out here in week three, and he only puts up 7.3 points, but again, the usage was there, which means the perfect time to buy is right now. He went from 13 touches in week one, to 22 touches in week three. He went from 40% of the routes to 61% of the routes, which is perfect. And then he went from only 47% of the rush attempts to 65% of the rush attempts. That's the role that we want from Kamara. 20 plus overall touches, a bunch of targets, getting used in the passing game, especially with this Michael Thomas injury and this Jarvis Landry injury. There's going to be more passing volume for Alvin Kamara along with the between the tackles stuff. And the reason that he didn't perform this week is because he had seven targets, which is elite usage. He only caught two of them. This is Alvin Kamara, one of the best receiving backs in the league, 
that's not going to happen very often. Let's say he catches five of those seven. He probably has 100 yards from scrimmage and maybe he scores a touchdown. Now, the reason I really love Alvin Kamara is because say what you want about them, the trade calculators, the trade charts. I have to imagine that the tacos in your league are using them. This is the one from Reddit. And this has Alvin Kamara between Najee Harris and James Robinson all the way at the bottom of that like elite running back tier. If I could find a way to turn Corderell Patterson, James Robinson, Christian Kirk into Kamara, I'm doing that all day. Like if I can just add something on the back end to one of those players for Kamara, I would do that all day long. To be honest with you guys, when we're looking at this chart, I don't have a massive gap between Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara. I don't have him in a tier below those guys. I would call him in that same tier. So if I could pivot off of any of those running backs as well into Kamara for a sizable plus, like if I could do, if I could do Nick Chubb for Alvin Kamara and Elijah Moore, I would do that all day long. Then we have another wide receiver trade target here. We have Jerry Judy. And this feels like a perfect time to buy because I, I think that people are holding these back-to-back -back down games against him, even though he was playing hurt. Like people aren't really registering the idea that he was hurt. I think I saw a clip on Twitter of like Matthew Barry saying you should drop Jerry Judy, which is absolutely insane. Just pretty much saying, oh, he hasn't produced the last two weeks. He doesn't score touchdowns, whatever, whatever. Like the last two weeks, he played 17% of the snaps in week two, and then he's playing hurt in week three, only playing on 60% of the snaps. So it's really hard for me to take either of those two games with any kind of substance, just because again, he's playing hurt. He's not playing a full share of snaps. He's probably being used more in a decoy role than he usually would be. And I'm not saying he's going to go off in week four and go crazy, but once he's 100% healthy and he's back on the field and he's getting a full diet of snaps, he should be fine. In week one, when he was fully healthy, him and Colin Sutton were out there. They both commanded seven targets. Judy had four catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. He is very much a big piece of this offense when he's healthy. I don't think that Sutton is this runaway number one on the team. I would lean Sutton at this point in terms of these wide receivers rest of season just because of the health aspect and him building rapport with Russell Wilson during Judy rehabbing this injury. But I don't really get the idea that Judy... Like, it seems like people don't think that Judy is even fantasy relevant at this point, and it's simply just that he's been hurt. And I think we're kind of getting a lot of momentum here where you have Judy getting healthy, right? He's going to get healthy. He's going to play with 100% of the snaps eventually, or not 100%, but where he should be playing. And then you also have Russell Wilson, who should breathe some life into this offense. I, I can't believe that an offense with Javante Williams, with Russell Wilson, with Judy, with Sutton, with Albert Okuwik Boonham is the 31st scoring offense in the league right now. They are at 14.3 offensive points per game I can't imagine that keeps up for an entire season now of course this has to do with Hackett but it also has to do with Russ where he is not himself right now he's underperforming from an efficiency standpoint across the board I went and looked at his key stats through three weeks and I compared them to his career averages and we look at his PFF grade he's usually around an 80 he's at a 61.2 right now his touchdown percentage or his touchdown rate is usually at a six percent he is usually like an elite touchdown score per attempt guy he's at 1.9 percent there is no shot that that stays like under five percent for an entire season touchdowns are coming here points are coming here from this offense I have to believe that Russ settling into a new system a new playbook sort of learning the timing of his receivers I have to imagine that this has to look better than a bottom five offense with Russell Wilson under center. And I think by the time Russ figures this offense out and this offense starts to click, I think that that is going to be on the same timeline of Jerry Judy finally being 
healthy and 100%. So Judy, for me, I still have him as a top 24 wide receiver rest of season. He's like wide receiver 33 in this trade chart. If I would move any player in this entire screenshot for Jerry Judy straight up, he's still very much a top 24 guy for me. I have Sutton around like wide receiver 15, wide receiver 16. I think it's fair to have Judy like around wide receiver 24, assuming he gets back to full health in the next few weeks. Now, before we get to our sells, I want to give two honorable mention buys right here. J.K. Dobbins and Chris Godwin. They're both guys that are coming off of injury. J.K. Dobbins is already playing games. So he played last week. He didn't look great, but there's no one in that backfield. They have now reverted to Justice Hill as the next guy after J.K. Dobbins. And Lamar Jackson is playing out of his mind. So if Lamar Jackson can, continues to play out of his mind, he is going to create a lot of efficiency for the guys around him. I do think J.K. Dobbins can be like a top 20 running back rest of season. I want to say I just got done with the rankings. I want to say he was around like RB 19 area. Now, same thing with Chris Godwin, but he's going to be gone a little bit longer. I'll say with Godwin, you probably want to be like 3-0, and 2-1, and but maybe like top two points scored in your league at worst. But Godwin is a great luxury buy right now because people are souring on him. A lot of these trade charts, he's like wide receiver 36 area, wide receiver 40-ish area. He's not due to be back. I want to say 4 for 4 hasn't projected to play week 7 at this point. So that's a really far away date because you're losing 4, 5, 6. So that's three weeks without him. But the minute he comes back, he is a high-end wide receiver too. I would probably put him right there with a Sutton, with a Mike Williams, with those fringe top 15 guys like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, all of those guys. So if you have the wide receiver depth, if you have the running back depth to make a move like that, Chris Godwin would be somebody that I'm trying to buy all day. Which then brings us to our sells for this video. And the first one we have here is Amari Cooper. The logic here is simple. He's coming off two 20-point games versus the Jets and the Steelers, who are both in the top 10 for most points allowed to wide receivers. Those are both cupcake matchups. And I think because he's a big-name player, right, Amari Cooper. Everybody knows Amari Cooper. I think that this is the perfect sell-high window after two big games. Now, when we talk about his production that he's had so far and why I think it's not going to sustain moving forward, again, back-to-back 20-point -back games. I want to say he's like wide receiver 13 on the season right now, and people have him in that fringe wide receiver 20 area. I just think it's going to be rough for him to sustain that, just given his environment and what we kind of know about Amari Cooper to this point. This passing offense right now wants to run the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They are bottom eight in pass attempts and passing yards. The only reason Amari Cooper has produced to this point isn't because of a bunch of yards or a great passing environment it's because he's seeing unprecedented volume with two back-to-back -back games over a 30 percent target share those are big boy numbers the only 30 percent target share guys from last year were cooper cup and Devonte adams when we look over amari cooper's entire career back to 2015 he has never sustained more than a 22 percent target share over the course of an entire season so because of that i would bet against him having a 30 percent target share this season so if i could pivot off of him for a top 24 guy like a rashad bateman like a deontay johnson a marquise brown i would do that all day long if i could also maybe sell amari cooper for like chris godwin in a small piece i would be very into that as well then we have as our last sell target here is michael thomas and i truly do hate to say it but it feels like there's no panic at all in the market with michael thomas all of these trade calculators trade charts have him right around that wide receiver 25 area. And I don't think that they're really factoring in this injury that he has. As of right now, four for four has him projected to miss two to three weeks with a toe injury. That's dangerous with Michael Thomas. Now it is 
the non like two year injury foot that has been giving him problems for the past few years, but it's still an injury. And it feels like there's a lot of downward momentum with Michael Thomas, where he's dealing with an injury. He's going to miss two to three weeks here. This offense has been bad as well. They're bottom 10 in points scored. You have Jameis Winston with like four things broken his back. He's not playing that great since week one. Chris Olave is breaking out. He's going to have a 20 to 25% target share, it seems like. And then you also have Kamara back, who wasn't really a factor in those first two weeks where Michael Thomas looked good. So you don't have to sell him. He's still Michael Thomas. He's still somebody that can be your wide receiver three flex play for the rest of the year. But again, it seems like these guys are sleeping. And if you can sell him for anybody that's in this cluster on this trade chart, I would do that all day long. He is wide receiver 17 in this consensus chart. In my rest of season rankings, he's my wide receiver 26. So if I could swap him out for literally anybody on this list besides, I think, Terry McLaurin, I would do that all day long. I would be shocked if you could do Michael Thomas for CeeDee Lamb or Keenan Allen or Gabe Davis or Mike Williams. But if any of that is on the table, or if you can add a very small plus Michael Thomas for a move like that, I would do that ASAP. Now that's going to do it for us today. Again, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart so you can go out there, trade for these players, look at my rest of season rankings on the Patreon, and sort of get a feel for how I feel about certain players. Do I like this player more than that player? So that when you're making trades, you're making sound trades that aren't lateral, that aren't you losing a lot of value, and just so you can kind of get a feel for the market. So again, that'll be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. You can find that at the top of the description or the top of the comments below. As always, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like if you enjoyed, and I will see you in the next one.